All right, we're going to get to all the Viking stuff. Jefferson, Hawkinson, positional battles, Lewis Seen, uh, who's looking good, who isn't, who uh, who is was re- reduced to the size of a prune by the heat during the practices this week. We'll preview the last preseason game with Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager. But let's start here, Jeff. Uh, what do you think when you see Trey Lance as the third-string quarterback in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. <clears throat> you think a year ago, he, he was starting the opener for the 49ers. And what a difference even two weeks made in his life when he had that broken ankle. In week two, Garoppolo comes back in, he gets hurt, and Brock Purdy, out of nowhere, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, ends up being the savior for the 49ers season, wins seven straight starts, gets him to the NFC Championship game where he – gets his elbow all messed up. <clears throat> and so it's just been a crazy ride for Trey Lance after the 49ers gave up three first-round picks in a sec- and, uh, and, and, and a third-rounder to move up in the 2021 draft to pick him third overall. And, and he was the guy who everybody thought would be the, the future franchise quarterback in San Francisco. Now, two years later, Purdy's the guy. Darnold has beaten Lance out for the backup role, and it's expected that, that Lance could well be traded so that the 49ers can free up about $3.8 million in cap room that they can use to try to get Nick Bosa into camp. So it's crazy for Trey Lance, and, and he is a, a Marshall, Minnesota native, played at North Dakota State, and a lot of the national media quickly connected him to the Vikings situation because Kirk Cousins is going into his last year under contract, and they've got Nick Mullins as a, as a backup, who is nothing necessarily special. He's, he's an okay backup, better than Sean Mannion. And then they draft Jaron Hall, and he's a guy with some talent, but as a fifth-round pick, if you, if you got a chance to, to get a guy who was a top-five pick in the draft two years ago, he's only 23 years old, and yeah, he's had a rough ride going in, but I would not be surprised if, if Quasi Adolfo Menza, the Vikings GM, is on the phone with John Lynch, the 49ers GM, and saying, okay, I'll give you maybe a fourth-round pick that can upgrade to a third or a second if he's a starter and a playoff quarterback down the road. And if I'm Lynch, I may just take that deal just to get out from under the controversy with, with Trey Lance, the the endless projections of his future and knowing that Purdy's your guy. And yeah, you give a lot to get Trey Lance, but Hey, you got Purdy for nothing. <laughs> so that that's balances it out a little bit. So I would not be surprised if Trey Lance winds up in Minnesota in the next couple of weeks, or it could even be next spring possibly. And, and maybe the 49ers keep Lance as the third quarterback this year because of concerns about Purdy and and what they went through last year with their injuries. Wow. Uh, he's Jeff Diamond, again, former Vikings general manager. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL insider. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our, our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. And uh, go to the website, check out other shows, we also have the Viking Update show. We have all the sports covered, tons of hockey stuff. Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast, uh, good chin music show. If you hear this in time, Thursday night, 
August 24th, we're doing the Chin Music Show live at Glicks, uh, my favorite bar downtown, uh, right on the way to the ballpark, 5.30 to 6.30, as the Twins start their series against the Rangers. Come by, we're giving away a bobblehead there. Thanks to our longtime sponsor here at uh, Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. All right, let's get into Vikings issues. Um, after spending the week, another week watching this team, uh, what jumps out at you? What are you either feeling the best about or most concerned about in terms of their roster? Yeah, I, I think there's there's been some good news in terms of Brian O'Neill's health and that he's back fully practicing against the Cardinals. And I, I was out there watching him yesterday and, and he, he looked good. And that's a, a very important thing for the Vikings offensive line being a little over two weeks away from the, from the regular season opener against Tampa Bay, who has a very good defensive front. And guys like Shaq Barrett, and, and they've got some players in Tampa Bay. I think a lot, of, a lot of people are assuming the Vikings have an easy opener with the Bucks, but because Brady's gone and Baker Mayfield's taking over, but I don't think it's going to be such an easy game. It's a game the Vikings should win and need to win, especially looking at going into Philadelphia on that short week Thursday night. That's going to be a beast of a game to try to win. But I think O'Neal back is a good thing. Hawkinson's situation at tight end is a little concerning. With with He's gotten over the ear infection. Now he's got a, a, a slight back issue. I'm, I think he'll be fine by the opener. I don't believe it's a hold-in, as some have projected, regarding his potential contract extension, because he is making $9 million this year, which is not bad money for a tight end, uh, because tight ends have been kind of devalued, similar to the way running backs have. When you look at Travis Kelsey, he's making $14 million a year, and his ex-teammate Tyreek Hill in Miami is making double that, and you figure the contributions of both guys, it it's, leads you to say, hey, the tight ends are, are undervalued. And, and I'm sure that's part of what Hawkinson is trying to bust through that wall and, and get up into the $15 million range a year. And so we'll see what happens with that. But I don't believe it's a hold, and I think he'll, he'll be fine by the opener. But when a guy does miss that much time in camp, you wonder, will he be 100% physically in that opener against the Bucks, we'll we'll see on that. The other thing that I've been watching, as you look to the potential cut day next Tuesday, and and looking at some of these roster decisions that have to be made, the wide receivers are a really interesting group, <laughs> and and they're they the Vikings are kind of loaded at at wide receiver when you look at the depth chart, and Jalen Naylor is a guy who everybody, everyone projected to be the number four receiver behind Jefferson and Osborne and Addison. And it was good to see Jordan Addison recover quickly from that concussion and that he is back on the field and, and looked really good, made a couple nice catches in the, in the joint practice with the Cardinals yesterday. And as, as I thought, I, I thought the entire receiver core was, was really excellent yesterday. Jefferson's always great, but he made, he made a terrific catch in double coverage, Osborne got beat or got deep, deep for a long gainer. So did Jalen Rager. And don't sleep on Tristan Jackson. He's making plays every day in camp. And so they're going to have some really tough decisions. Nikhil Harry well, was excellent in the, in the evening practice at TCL Stadium a couple weeks ago. Then he got nicked. 
uh, going into the game last week against the Titans, I think that cut down for the wide receivers is really going to be difficult uh, for them to make. And you think about a guy like Rager, who's making $2.4 million, but it is guaranteed. If, if he was cut and someone picked him up, then the Vikings aren't on the hook for it. But I don't know if anyone's going to pick him up for that salary. And Brandon Powell is a guy who I think is a better punt returner than Rager. And he made a great deep catch yesterday. So that wide receiver group and, and the punt return situation, really interesting to watch. The Vikings inside linebacker next to Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah was was the heir apparent after Eric Hendricks was released. And he was a third-round pick last year. And he looked good last year in some limited play and adds a lot of speed and playmaking. But he's been hurt in camp. Now, he's working his way back. He's done some individual stuff, but he was not in the team drills yesterday. And it's kind of opened the door for... Ivan Pace Jr., the rookie undrafted player who made a million tackles in college, and he's looked really very comfortable as an undrafted rookie in camp. They've also got Troy Dye, made an interception last week uh, in the game against the Titans, and he's a guy that could also also push for a, a bigger role. And so that inside linebacker spot that everybody assumed was Asamoah's well, it may still be, but he needs to get back on the field quickly. Uh, Kane Wang Wu, he's a guy that was, again, projected to be the the backup running back to Alexander Madison after Dalvin Cook was released. Well, Wang Wu's been hurt basically the entire training camp with an undisclosed injury, and Ty Chandler has overtaken him, and I don't expect that to change, certainly before the opener. And, and I think Chandler brings a lot of good things in in terms of his receiving ability, in terms of his ability to make defenders miss. He's looked really good in camp and in preseason games. So that's an interesting situation too. Those are some of the things I'll I'll have my eye on today at joint practice, the rest of training camp. Actually, training camp is really over. Now they head into the preparation for Tampa Bay starting next week after the final cutdown. But it's going to be an interesting cut, as it always is, the cornerback situation. There's a lot of guys in the mix there. Andrew Booth has made a little bit of a, a move forward, which has been positive. He stayed on the field. Uh, meanwhile, Lewis Seen has been nicked again and, and hurt and kind of hurts his development. The fifth rounder this year, Jaquellen Roy, had a sack yesterday working with the second unit. He's a guy that I think they're excited about as a potential inside pass rusher. And so but he is coming off an injury, too, but is back at practice now. Uh, Makai Blackman at corner, Joan Williams. There's a lot of guys in the mix. I am impressed, Jim, with Byron Murphy, watching him in, in some of these practice sessions, going against Jefferson on a day-to-day basis, going against the Cardinals receivers in the joint practice. If Byron Murphy can stay healthy, I think he can be an upgrade to Patrick Peterson, actually, at, at one of the starting corner spots. So a lot of things in the mix heading into final cut and, and into this last day of joint practice and the final preseason game. And then on we go in towards the regular season. I want to get more into the corners and the and particularly Harry and how he might impact the uh, receiving decisions. First, though, let's thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. With the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, 
my great friend, owner Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out that great website, WiperLakeSuperstore.com. You will see the summer sales event. $2,250 total savings and 1.9% APR on 2023 Buick Encore GXs. $1,000 dealer discount, $750 rebate and a 2.49% APR on 2023 Buick Envisions. And a $1,500 dealer discount, $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash with a 0.9% APR on 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 1500s. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cuts. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. So, Nikhil Harry was a very interesting pickup. And... I wonder, you know, you've been in the general manager seat. You've gone through cutdown day before. The fact that he had a soft tissue injury before he had a chance to show something in preseason game number two, how much does that actually hurt him in this competition? Yeah, I, I think it does hurt him. Just from the standpoint, he has had some injury issues in the past, and, and it's such a competitive race for, for those fourth and fifth and maybe even sixth wide receiver spots in this Vikings offense that plays generally three wide receivers as the base offense even though I think we're, we're going to see a lot of two tight end offense this year. We're going to see a lot of variations. C.J. Ham is getting a lot of snaps for the first unit at fullback. So they're going to be varied on offense, and I think, I think that's what Kevin O'Connell wants to be. But the three wide receivers, when you've got Jefferson, Osborne, and Addison, that, that clearly is going to be probably your lead group, even though I, I see a lot of good things out of Josh Oliver and seeing him get targeted a lot in practice as the second tight end, and they paid $7 bucks a year to get him in free agency. So it, it will be very interesting to see how the whole offensive scheme shakes out this year and what, what O'Connell feels is the best group out there. But, yeah, for, for Harry to miss that time at, at such a critical time leading into the final cut is it, not good for his, for his prognosis, shall we say, as a, as a rostered player. And he, he does bring something different to the table in terms of his size. He's a big guy, 6'4", whatever, 235, 240, and has that big catch radius. But, again, you got you got to stay healthy. It's like Bud Grant always said, you can't achieve greatness without durability, and that could be an, an issue for Nikhil Harry. What do you think the pecking order right now is with the young cornerbacks? Obviously, we know Murphy's going to be a starter, but when you have, you know, when you have to go three cornerbacks or when you look at cornerback depth, uh, like who are the top three or four young cornerbacks in the competition right now? Yeah, Murphy's definitely going to be one of the outside corners, and then he moves to the slot. And uh, Caleb Evans is has has pretty much locked down the starting spot at the other outside corner. So what you're what you're looking at is who's going to be the other outside corner when Murphy moves inside and it's, it's, it's a race right now between, between Andrew Booth, who I think has come on a little bit. Makai Blackman was the guy in that, in that spot most of early camp. And then he got nicked 
and he's trying to work his way back. Joan Williams has made a lot of plays in camp. He, he's a big, tall, rangy kind of corner. Made a really good play in in one of the preseason games to break up an end zone pass with his his long arms. And so I think those are the guys that are primarily in in the mix for these jobs. And and so going into camp, I was interested to see Jay Ward, the fourth round pick, but I don't know that he's done enough to get into the mix as a potential slot corner. I think they're looking at him more as a backup safety and, and kind of core special teams guy. So there, there are a lot of other young guys in the corner mix, but these are the primary guys. Booth is the guy that is really interesting with, with a lot of upside potentially, but, but the guy has never been able to stay health, healthy on a long-term basis. He was a second round pick last year. I'm sure that, that Quasi would love to see him lock down one of those top three spots eventually, since he, he was one of his early draft picks, top draft picks, just as, as Quasi would like to see Lewis seen make a move. And and I thought that I thought that Lewis played had a had a really int- uh, a pretty encouraging game against the Titans last week. He had a sack, he had seven tackles, but then he had a missed tackle on a long TD run where he kind of dived at the, at the legs and the guy jumped over him. So what happens with Lewis Seen? He Certainly Cam Bynum has, has earned that starting safety spot opposite Harrison Smith. And the coaches and Brian Flores seem to really like Josh Metellus. And why not? The guy makes plays. He's an aggressive player, stays on the field, which has not necessarily been the case for, for Seen at this point. And not ready to call Lewisina bust as a first round pick and a, and a late first round pick at that, but it's it's certainly not exciting when your first round pick is not a starter by year two. Yeah, and we've talked about this on the Viking Update show. Quezzy decided to go not draft Kyle Hamilton and trade down, and Hamilton looks like he's going to be a great player at safety. And also, seeing what bugs me about seeing. And I don't think this is related to his injury because he played a lot of football at Georgia and he's had a lot of time in the offseason. I don't see him making many form tackles. I see him trying to hit people really hard or throwing his body at people. I mean, that tackle in the hole, you know, even if he just slows the guy down, it's going to be a five-yard gain instead of a long touchdown run. He, you know, he, he did the worst possible thing. He, he dove at his legs, missed completely. I mean, that's just not a professional attempt at a tackle. No, and, and he, he should be learning from Harrison Smith because Harrison is great at getting guys on the ground and, and not whiffing on tackles. And and so I, I think that that you're right. I think Seen definitely needs to improve his tackling techniques and not be trying to blow people up, which can often get, often get yourself blowing up. And yeah, so, yeah. And so I, I think that he just needs to, yeah, wrap tackle, get the guy on the ground, don't worry about trying to force a turnover at that stage. If you, if you get the turnover, great. If you don't, at least you're making the tackle, as you said, on a five-yard gain and not a 33-yard touchdown run. Do you think they have enough running back depth, or do you foresee some kind of a waiver acquisition? That That's going to be certainly a, a question mark. I think they don't really have enough running back depth at this point. I don't think McBride has shown enough to be the third back. Uh, this early in his career, I, I like Ty Chandler a lot. I think he could be even a future starter. 
And, and Alexander Madison's having a really good camp. He's running hard, looked really good against the Cardinals in the running game. But he has not always been able to stay healthy either. So if you kind of project forward and say, yeah, Madison could get nicked at some point. Chandler could even get nicked. He had a broken thumb last year, missed time. And do they have enough? I, I think they're going to be watching the waiver wire to see if there's a, a running back that they think is a better fit for them as, at that number three spot. And so I think that's, that is definitely something to watch when the, when the final cut comes and the, and the waiver wire moves hit next week. I think we'll talk more about the offensive line next week after we watch a little more preseason action this week. Let's get some, uh, let's get some national topics Things jump out at me. Remember on the jets and any concerns I have about their offensive line, but let's start with this. It is very interesting that while the Vikings are resting their starters, we're seeing players like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Tua out there in preseason games. Why do you think there's a, a discrepancy in the way different head coaches are thinking about preseason games right now? Yeah, I think it, it really is kind of fascinating to see guys like Mahomes out there. And even Aaron Rodgers is going to start this week for the Jets, but that's that's more because they've been such a mess on offense. And they've got a big opener on the Monday night opener against Buffalo at home and they don't, and Robert Sala, the head coach doesn't want that to be Aaron Rodgers' first game with the Jets at MedLife stadium. Well, I don't think that should be a problem for Aaron Rodgers. He's played, he's played in that stadium plenty of times. I think it's more about their offensive line has been out, out of sync because they've had so many injuries. They, they got Dwayne Brown, back off PUP, they're starting left tackle finally this week. But he's 38 years old, and can he stay healthy, and how quick can he get into game shape? And their guards were hurt, they're back. They've got Mackay Becton, who was a, a, a first-round pick and had was basically injured his first two years. Now he's at right tackle. And again, can he stay healthy? He did look good in the last preseason game. So Rodgers is playing, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised to see guys like Mahomes playing Josh Allen Tua, I understand because he's, he's missed a lot of time, but I'm sure they're not going to play him very long if he plays. And meanwhile, from the Viking standpoint, <clears throat> they've got perhaps the most durable quarterback in the league and Kirk Cousins, and they don't want to play him. <laughs> so it's really kind of an interesting situation with, with the quarterbacks. I, I've, I've kind of believed that it wouldn't be a bad thing for Cousins in the first offense to be out there for a series against Arizona in the preseason finale. But it's obvious O'Connell is not going to do that, especially having, after having two days of heavy joint practices. And, and he figures that that replaces the preseason game. And not good for the fans, as we've talked before, who are paying full price. And versus the fans who go to the joint practice and pay five bucks to get in or whatever they charge and and they get to see all the starters they're not going to see them on on saturday against the cardinals i think it wouldn't be bad for kirk to get a series in but o'connell knows what happened last year he didn't play those guys the stars at all in preseason and what happens they blew out the packers in the opener so he's clearly going to follow that format again yeah and I also think it's one of those storylines that we talk about because it's in front of us. It's probably not that important. It's not going to determine the course of the season. We just talk about it because it's preseason. There's not a whole lot else to talk about other than position battles, which actually in this case are very interesting. I think it's going to be a fascinating 
cut down day. We're going to do our show next week, right after a cut down day, basically, and get into all the, the permutations. Again, next week, we'll spend more time in the offensive line. Uh, for today, Jeff, give us a final thought on anything you want uh, regarding either the Vikings or the NFL at large. Once again, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Again, check out the rest of the Talk North lineup, uh, Viking Update show, great chin music with Roy and Lavelle, uh, tons of hockey content, Mike Grimsko, Gopher podcast, uh, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves, uh, lots of outdoor content, lots of variety content. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. All right, Jeff, give us a, th- give us a final thought on anything you like. Yeah, I, I, I wrote a, a story this week for 3013 about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and that question marks on their offensive line. And I've always said in sports, Jim, that the best situation for a team or an athlete in any sport is is when they exceed expectations. And and that happened for me back in 1999 when when the Titans, I joined the Titans as team president, coming off three straight eight and eight seasons, and we went to the Super Bowl. And the worst situation is when teams and players don't reach the expectations set out for them. And then they're considered underachievers and, and serious questioning by the team of their direction. The Rams are the perfect example of that when they were defending Super Bowl champions last year. And they go to, to 5-12 and 12 in a horrible season when Stafford gets hurt and Cup gets hurt and all the injuries and Donald has a down year. And, and to me, the team that's a prime candidate to be that kind of the Titanic this year <laughs> – that that sinks is the Jets because as soon as they trade for Aaron Rodgers, well, everybody says, oh, they're going to be a playoff team. Oh, all this and that. They could be a Super Bowl team. Well, hey, they were seven and ten last year, and yeah, they had a top five defense, but they were done in by shaky quarterback play, and they and they get Rodgers, so it looks like they could be a playoff team. But if their offensive line that we talked about earlier is not healthy, does not play well. Nathaniel Hackett's the new offensive coordinator. If he has another year like he did in Denver last year with Russell Wilson running the offense, that could be a disaster. And so to me, the Jets are the team that has had all the hoopla in the offseason, and, and now there are question marks about them heading into the season. And let's face it, the AFC is loaded, even more so than the NFC. Look at all the great teams and several of them in the Jets division, starting with Buffalo and Miami, if Tua stays healthy, you got Kansas City, you got Cincinnati, you got all kinds of, uh, of really good teams in the AFC. And to, to, to take that leap and say the Jets are going to be a Super Bowl team because they acquired Aaron Rodgers, well, Aaron wasn't so great last year in Green Bay, obviously. And so he could have a repeat performance of that. We'll see. But I think that one could go either way, and that's one to really watch, especially as they head into the season. And check out their schedule, people. The first eight weeks or the first eight games, six of them are against playoff teams. Yeah. I, I And here's the thing, Jeff. Generally, I don't get too emotionally involved. I try to remain analytical. But after the way ESPN has turned almost every show into the Aaron Rodgers show, the way they've basically become Jets fans, it just makes me want to – it makes me want to see – Everybody in New York just fall on their face, including Aaron. In fact, especially Aaron. Yeah, and and not to mention hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, it's just all too much. I mean, it, really. I mean, Mike Greenberg has 32 NFL teams to cover, plus 
eight other sports he could talk about. And he talks every day is a Jets update on Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers had for breakfast. And I'm sick of it. Right, right. And so, and meanwhile, Dalvin Cook is there. And he's just a starting practice this week after, uh, after signing last week. How quickly can Dalvin come on? Brees Hall comes off an injury. They've got a lot of question marks in New York, but there's still plenty of talent there. Uh, the defense is good, as we said. Uh, they've got some really good receivers. Garrett Wilson was off as the rookie of the year. It could go well, but it may not go well. <laughs> and the thing is, if it doesn't go well, it's going to be uh, what well, I was trying to I can't use the word I was going to use. It's going to be, let's say, a mess. It's going to be an absolute mess if it doesn't go well. Yeah, a, a, bl- a blank show is what you're trying a, to say, right? A blank show is what I was going to say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jeff just did another not blank show. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, great, great stuff. Great to have Jeff's insights. Uh, as I've said before, he, he basically predicted how the uh, D- Daniel Hunter negotiations were going to go. Uh, we're going to keep monitoring the Jefferson Hawkinson negotiations and cut down day. We'll bring you the roster, start previewing week one and the season as a whole next week. Once again, thanks for listening to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider and Talk North Diamond.